InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Ever wonder why some people are accident prone? Or how other seemingly indestructible people can just walk away unharmed from a disaster like a plane crash? InfoTrack's Taryn McCall is here with a thought-provoking look at survival. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. The answer to these and other questions about human resilience are found in The Survivors Club, The Secrets and Science That Could Save Your Life, and author Ben Sherwood joins us now on InfoTrack. Welcome, Ben. Great to be here. Thanks, Taryn. You write a lot about real-life instances of people surviving seemingly unsurvivable accidents. Is there a prototypical person that's better suited to surviving an emergency of any kind? Well, I went out in search of the world's greatest survivors and thrivers, and I thought that they were different from you and me. So I thought that if I went and interviewed people who had survived plane crashes and mountain lion attacks and cancer and foreclosure and unemployment, that you'd find people are built differently and that the best survivors and thrivers were somehow special, like superheroes. And what I found out, in fact, surprised me, which is that they're just like us. They're built the same way. Many of them are just regular folks. They've just been challenged in unusual ways, and they share certain qualities. They share a mindset, sort of an attitude, a lens for looking at the world that helps them or gives them a little bit of an advantage, and this is something that's learnable. All of us can use these techniques to improve our chances when we face the inevitable adversity that comes down the road. I guess in learning how to survive situations, you have to assess your own survival skills. Where do you start? Well, that's kind of the big giant question because when you look at survival situations around the world and when experts have studied earthquakes and natural disasters and hurricanes and tornadoes and car crashes and all kinds of crises, ferry disasters and ship sinking, the world divides up into three categories. This is what I call the rule of 10-80-10. of us are cool under pressure. We respond decisively, clearly. We understand the threat we face or the challenge, and we take action quickly and efficiently. And we get ourselves, the people we care about, out of a tough spot. 80% of us become bewildered. We fall into kind of a stupor. And if something bad happens, we wait for someone in a position of authority to tell us what to do and how to deal with the situation. So we kind of wait. We don't do anything. That's called behavioral inaction in this field. And the last 10% of us, the bottom 10% of us, well, those people sort of do the wrong thing. They engage in self-destructive, negative, hysterical behavior. So what I was interested in was, given that this is, and experts agree on this, this is how the world divides up in any kind of crisis situation, 10, 80, 10. I was interested in how do you move from the big giant 80% in the middle where most of us fall up into the top 10%. And it turns out that you can really learn some things and flip the switch from inaction to action, and you can improve your chances of surviving and thriving in the face of just about anything. One of the examples you give is something that happens to people fairly frequently, especially those that travel. Being on an airplane, crashes are infrequent, but usually catastrophic, and yet there are things you can do from the minute you step on a plane to increase your chances of survival. Well, what's surprising, Taryn, and I've always been afraid of flying, I went to the airplane crash evacuation course in Oklahoma City that's run by the FAA, the federal government, and they run kind of a master class on how to survive a plane crash. And one of the first things they tell you, and this is a fact, I call it the myth of hopelessness. Most of us think that everybody dies in a plane crash. 
But the experts who study plane crashes say, in fact, 96% of the people who are involved in airplane accidents survive them. 96%. And of the most serious crashes, that's the one where there's an injury or there's a loss of property, 76% of us survive those crashes. So the chances are very high that you can survive a crash. Now, the question is, what do you do? What you don't do is you don't get on a plane and put on your blindfold, take off your shoes, put on your iPod, and pull up that blanket under your chin and go to sleep. Because the first three minutes and the last eight minutes of a flight are when 80% of the accidents happen. You need to pay attention to the safety briefing. You need to count the rows to the emergency exit, and if you can, sit within five rows of an exit. If you're within five rows, you increase your chances of getting off the plane. It's not the front or the back or the middle that count. It's just being close to an exit within five rows. And so what it turns out is when they look at airplane crash survival data around the world, they find that around 30% of the people who perish in plane crashes wouldn't have died if they had known what to do and if they had taken proper action. You can actually make a significant difference in the unlikely event that you're in a crash. We're talking to Ben Sherwood, author of The Survivor's Club, The Secrets and Science That Could Save Your Life. Ben, survival instincts aren't just for dramatic accidents, though. Life tests us every single day. Some people seem to breeze right through adversities, and others have trouble coping getting out of bed in the morning. Can resilience be learned? I'm fascinated by the people I know in my life who seem to get knocked down and bounce right back up people who all sorts of terrible things happen to them, and yet they seem undaunted, and they're right back in the fight, they're right back at work, they're right back doing what they're supposed to be doing, and it seems as if it's just sort of washed right off them. And I used to think that resilience, that's the ability to bounce back and take your previous shape after you've been twisted or bent or knocked out of your old shape, I used to think that that was basically a function of where you grew up, who your parents are, where you went to school, the influences in your life what scientists call the environmental factors, right? What I found was that those factors are very important, but there's also a very big genetic component, and I actually got myself genetically tested in London. Some scientists who have identified what they call the resilience gene. This is the serotonin transporter gene. It's called 5-HTT, and it's a gene and a set of genes that they believe if you've got the active versions of these genes, you are sort of inoculated, vaccinated against the stresses and strains in life that knock people down and keep them down for a long time. So people with this active version of the gene, those are the ones who bounce right back. And people with the inactive version of the gene are at greater risk of depression, anxiety, stress, and sort of the dysfunction that comes when you get pounded by life. And what it turns out is that about 66% of us are in the at-risk or the mildly at-risk category. So most of us don't have a lot of genetic protection. About 30% of us do, but most of us don't. And so I went to the Dean of Resilience Studies at Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York, and he's written a 10-step prescription that you can follow to boost the amount of resilience in your life, and he's proven that it actually works. This stuff is learnable. You mentioned faith, and I know some of the survivors you profile in the Survivors Club attribute their success at survival to their belief in God. Do you find that's a valid reason for the survival? I came into this project interviewing survivors around the world, and I wasn't expecting to come upon this blunt fact, which is that faith, religious belief, is the most universal survival tool. Everywhere I went, I encountered people who had overcome incredible adversity, and they pointed to their faith, their belief, as the main force 
that got them through their ordeal because of their belief in a greater plan and belief in God's will. And then I encountered some incredibly interesting research that showed that people who struggle with their faith, people who are in some kind of religious turmoil, actually have higher incidence of medical problems and medical complications and even death when they're in the hospital. Some people would argue that the belief that they're going to survive is determined by other things, a different kind of optimism, a different set of beliefs, the will to live or the will to survive, that we are going to will ourselves to overcome this adversity and that it's in our hands, it's not in God's hands. And so there are lots of different ways that belief, this mindset that we talked about at the beginning, can affect our survival. Talking with Ben Sherwood, author of The Survivor's Club, The Secrets and Science That Could Save Your Life. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today, Mr. Sherwood. Thank you so much for the conversation. And I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.